0: So hi everyone, I'm Paul Meig with Business Accelerants. Each of these sessions I bring you insights for business people as they deal with the seven forces and the eight drivers of value. This session we're going to be talking about people. We'll explore leadership of and interaction with people. With me today is Julie Seiss. She's currently the CEO of Exponential Functions and the head of Transform Lead Northwest. Welcome, Julie. Thank you. It's
1: good to be here.
0: Tell us a little bit more about Exponential Functions, which sounds a little mathematical to me, Uh and Transformational Leadership, which sounds a little bit more like the soft side of HR kind of thing.
1: It does sound a little different, doesn't it? So, Exponential Functions was a, a name of my business that I came up when I started on my own about 2010, 2011, and it came from, the name came from um, just some inner work I had done about who I am and how I want to show up in the world and how I have been showing up, and and I'm all about helping people grow. I mean, my passion is life out of work, your business out of work, and so um, what I believe I bring to the table is the ability to help individuals and organizations organizations see what's broken and help them move forward. When they do move forward, they they get exponential growth. So, the funny part about that is, math is probably my least, you know, I I chose a profession based on what I didn't have to do in math, so it's it's also challenging myself to be better and grow. The transformational leadership came as a result of being aligned with Transformational Leadership National, that was founded by Ford Taylor. And so I've aligned myself with uh, his group as a uh, as a representative of transformational leadership and in Portland, where I reside, uh, we've brought Ford in and used the materials in various organizations quite a bit. so people know me as someone with transformational leadership, so that's my forward face.
0: okay, that's great. my, my daughter tried to get me to use transformational in some of my literature as well and I just chose not to, but you've also given me an idea now that, okay, exponentials for growth, but function, uh, you can also be talking about how people function, so yeah. it's not just mathematical, no. so you've helped me understand right. that a little and bit Right, and it's better. process, too, right?
1: Yes. I, I've been involved in a lot of uh, more people events events and things like that, That you have to have a process to... Put on an event and do things like that. So I spent a lot of my profession in the event management
0: industry. Ah, yesterday we were talking uh, about whether or not you get RSVPs, and people don't do it.
1: uh, (laughs) Portland and Oregon is notorious for being horrible at that.
0: So yeah, people don't understand what that means. Yeah. Uh, One of the things i noticed is that you talk about developing a person's leadership IQ, where IQ, we all know it stands for intelligence quotient. Mm -hmm. Are we talking about things like DISC behavior assessments or Myers-Briggs type indicator instruments or something else?
1: Well, something else. It can be a part of those assessments, the Myers-Briggs, the DISC, I use one called Core Values Index, ah, I which is, which is you know, your everyday passions, but um, emotional intelligence is the ability to understand and manage your own emotions as well as the emotions of others that you deal with. So that's a term that was, uh, I think, coined about in the mid-80s, but Daniel Golden wrote a book on it, on emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we find that sometimes people really aren't um, in touch with what they're feeling. You know, they, they have a few emotions that they understand, but, um, and they behave out of their emotions, but it stems from what they're thinking. So uh, sometimes it's hard to differentiate between what I'm thinking and what my emotions are, but what is assured is your actions and how you behave is always centered on those two things.
0: I found your use of the word thinking there uh, unusual to me because normally I'm being taught or I'm learning that being an engineer in particular, I'm great at thinking. Mm -hmm. But when my wife asks me, how do you feel? I can't answer that question. But if she'd ask me, how do you see it or how do you think? I can answer it. Mm -hmm. So I would have thought the responses would have been out of our, how we're feeling, whether we're thinking about it or not.
1: Well, brain science says that it always, the thought always precedes the emotion. So, um, but oftentimes we're not connecting the two. So, because you don't know what you're feeling, you do know what you're thinking. But if you spent more time in it, um, you probably could come up with some words that would describe the emotion that's going on. Mm -hmm. But I think in our, our society, in Western society, Uh, We're not taught to feel, we're taught to think, and that that is elevated. But yet, um, brain science indicates that when you, um, that there is emotion there, and whether or not you recognize it or are in touch with it is an entirely other thing. So emotional intelligence is being able to say, "Oh." I'm reacting negatively to the situation, or positively, because it's either generating a happy feeling, or an irritated feeling, or an angry feeling, or something else that that um, they're not in touch with. So leaders who are in touch with their emotional intelligence, they are able to manage it. They're able to discern why they behave in ways that they behave. And make adjustments like having a better thought Mm -hmm. so if uh, for example your wife is doing something that irritates you and so you snap at her if you (laughs) of course not Um, so if you would stop and say okay I'm irritated why am I irritated because I think she's trying to control me is she trying to control me well maybe not she Mm -hmm. just thinks this is for my benefit so if you stop and thought before you reacted she's doing this for my benefit, you would have a different reaction or you would have a different conversation like, when you do that, it feels like you're trying to control me and I really do have the answers so just let me know. Does that make sense?
0: It does, yes. Um, Leadership uh, is, is interesting. A lot of people talk about I deal with small companies, sometimes 10 people, 15 people. and You know, you wonder about leadership, and that's very different than uh, in the corporate world where you've got tens of thousands of employees. I had uh, 200 people that reported to me at, uh-huh. uh, at Dime My Trucks. So I was listening to an interview of, uh, I might pronounce the name wrong, Jane Kuzis, uh, author of a famous book called The Leadership Challenge. It's uh-huh. on its sixth edition now. He was being interviewed by another famous author, Ken Blanchard, Mm -hmm. who's the author of The One Minute Manager and many other books, and he's very much into something now called Servant Leadership and Mm -hmm. uh, has a video series out there. So uh, he was talking with James, and James said his research told him that pretty much everyone, everyone has demonstrated leadership or has leadership potential somewhere. Uh, What are your thoughts on that, Steve?
1: I agree with that, and the reason I agree with that is if you have influence over one person, you're a leader. You may be leading that one person, but if you have influence over them, then you're a leader. And so if we begin to have a framework that says, I'm a leader, maybe I'm not leading a company of 200, or a team of 200, or maybe even a team of 10. But because I have influence over that group of people, I'm a leader. And if you use that filter, uh, you behave differently. Because people are watching you, you know that you have influence, so how you react to situations, how you interact with people, um, goes through a different filter.
0: When when uh, I'm looking at resumes now, Uh I'm talking with people, maybe interviewing them for things. Uh, I'll see that, okay, they don't look like they're a supervisor or a manager or they haven't done something, but then I'll see something that, you know, they are the head of a nonprofit, uh, that they've done this kind of thing or they've uh, raised funds for something and things. And I, I see that as, okay, there is leadership there, and it's more a matter of what's their passion, where's their heart. Mm-hmm. It may not be at the job, but they've got it somewhere, and it might be kindled into the job if you can do it just the
1: right way. That's right. That's right. They can, you know, transfer, those are transferable skills. So when you're exerting influence, um, they may have not had the opportunity in the work environment to display those skills, and so developing them with the company's vision, mission, purpose in mind you know, and seeing whether they, they are willing to buy into that vision, mission, purpose and, and use their leadership skills or their influential skills in the work environment gives them an opportunity.
0: In terms of team building, you know, many people are now trying to get uh, their employees to volunteer and do some things together Mm -hmm. as a team, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I'd be willing to bet if somebody did some research that the leaders who took on organizing those events and those uh, uh, team events and, and fundraising and things, were not the leaders, the managers in the company, mm-hmm. they were uh, people in much lower uh, jobs that we right. might think of that took on that leadership role and had a blast doing it and were really good at it too.
1: Yes, I think so. John Maxwell has a really good book on leading mm-hmm. wherever you are, yep. you know, and and he gave some great examples of how to display leadership um, to lead up, to lead down, and to lead across. Mm-hmm. And I believe transformational leadership also does that because it right. gives the individual an opportunity to say and see where they where they can offer their strengths and do things maybe that other people are not willing to do because of their passions. Yeah.
0: To that point uh, horizontally, uh, I'm seeing that it's far more important now in the uh, corporate world because there aren't so many opportunities to advance up that people are saying, oh, you've got to be able to influence people and lead across different departments, different Uh organizations, on a project basis. Uh, and So I I think that horizontal thing you mentioned is very important. Yes. Um, So, a leader. What is the leader's role? Um, Is it like the general on a horse leading the warriors in a battle? Let's go, everybody! Or is it the... The, the guy that you see on TV, you know, often portrayed the smoking a cigar out of his stove. He knows how to trade and this and that and everything and make sure that all the troops have the ammunition and food that they need. Mm-hmm. What, what is leadership?
1: So I believe leadership is when you're willing to either lay down your life or lay down your own agenda for those that you need. And s- life, yeah, <laughs> yeah, lay down your life. So it's lay down your own agenda and serve them the way that they need to be served. So you mentioned servant leadership, and, and um, the filter that we look at leadership through is that we use an acronym called V which is you cast a vision and then you serve your people, and you serve them by teaching, training, and equipping them before you yeah. empower them. And then let go and evaluate. So, using that filter, um, there's five stages of a team in team development. In the first stage, we call the safety stage and the visionary stage. So, at the visionary stage, you you are casting a vision for where your organization is going. What the vision is for the organization, or your family, or the sports team, or your you know nonprofit. All of them. What is the vision? Where are we going? And why are we going there? You know, what do we hope to accomplish? So what is our vision? What is our mission? What is our purpose? What are we willing to do that nobody else is willing to do? And so that's the first stage, understanding what the vision is of the organization. Then you move into this the servant, the servant leadership, stage two, which is making sure that the people that are on your ship or in your organization know what the vision is, where you're going, And that they're willing to be a part of that. But then you stop and you say, well, what do they need to know in order to do that job? So how do they need to be taught? What is it they need knowledge that they don't have or knowledge that they do have that needs to be honed? What do they need to, uh, so taught, trained. Trained is, is, um, okay, I've told you what you need to do. Training is, now let me watch you do that and make sure you know what it is I've taught. Right, so it's implementation of that. Um, taught, trained, and equipped. So once they're equipped, which is you know they've they've have the equipment they need to accomplish the task that you've given them to do. So taught, trained, and equipped is that servant leadership part of it, and then you begin to delegate. So rather than just say, okay, now you're on your own, go do it. You watch them. You. Give them tests. You increase their responsibilities with that task that they've been taught, trained, and equipped to do. And then once you are comfortable as a leader, you let them go and you let them do it. Right? You empower them to carry on the role that you've given them. And then once you do that, then you evaluate. You know, let go and then you evaluate. So it's a continual stream. It's not just a one and done. It's you're continually walking through those, those steps, the vision, teach, train, equip, empower, you know, let go, and evaluate it. So that's what we believe leaders are and how a leader should function in an organization. So oftentimes within a visionary, which would be a top-down model, um, there's, it's my way or the highway, this is how I want you to do it. Um, sometimes the servant is, I just want to bring the best people in and you go do your thing. But there's not a lot of of empowerment, perhaps, or even evaluations. So they're not really, you know, there's no measurement smart goals, right? There's no measurement. So if you don't measure it, then it doesn't get tracked. So that's sometimes where servant leadership can fall apart. So we take those two models, the top down and the bottom up, and we, we we put that together so that it's you know each circle is each function of an organization is equally important, and the lines between them are the relationships between the people. and the more that you can get those relationships strengthened is where you really become a a high functioning team that can you know that can work and play and evaluate, and it's safe to you know, say the baby's ugly and, you know, mm-hmm. reevaluate, take get off the table and put it back on in a way that, that your team is really equipped and empowered to okay. to bring the best to the table. So
0: so did we just in a sense define transformational leadership or is there something more yet to transformational leadership?
1: There is more to transformational leadership. That's um, What that is, is the term comes from what we call a missing link, and the missing link is changing the leadership. So, you hire an individual that has beautiful skills, right, has the right skills, and then a human being shows up, (laughs) and the human being is the one that, you know, is often, uh, you know, we're great and we're horrible all at the same time, we have blind spots, and so, uh personal transformation is the key to transformational leadership. Understanding where you are, um, who you are, why you show up the way you do, what your self-identity makes up, what's your gifts, your skills, your talents, which is where the DISC and the CDI and those kinds of things mm-hmm. come into play, and recognizing your strengths and recognizing your weaknesses and allowing yourself to grow through those and being willing to it, to grow.
0: Uh, So we just finished the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're a football fan or not, but I'm always amazed at coaches Mm -hmm. and quarterbacks, in this case, Tom Brady, for instance. You know, the coach is a leader. And and we see that even down to kindergarten and below with soccer coaches. And we can have great soccer coaches, and we can have bad soccer coaches for our kids and things. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that transformational leadership in your thinking, maybe just off the top of your head, fit with coaching children in sports?
1: It's, it's um, we have a lot of case studies. I, I'm not a coach myself, but I was just talking with a team member in the Columbus area who's using it with his 12-year-old boys um, uh, baseball team. Mm -hmm. And last year, he started implementing transformational leadership. So, the last 15 minutes of every single practice, he taught a tool. He taught uh, how to affirm one another. He taught how to, um, what else did he teach? He taught how to apologize. He taught how to look at somebody. He he taught them about social anxiety. He just taught them some of the transformational leadership tools. Mm -hmm. And um, what it's transcended to in how his boy behaves and the rest of the team behaves w- was just phenomenal. Mm. He gave an example of, he took his son to a doctor's appointment, and um, this, he said, my son was sitting there like a typical 12-year-old, you know, just sludge back and blah, 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 and Matt was telling the doctor about how he was using transformational leadership and his, his uh, coaching. And then he said, well, tell me, kind of, what, what does that mean? and How does that show up? And so he looked at his son, and he said, um, w- would, would you, um, I don't know his name, he said, well, would you give an affirmation to uh, Dr. So-and-so? And so the boy got up, he squared up, he looked him straight in the eye, he delivered an affirmation about what he appreciated about him and what he saw in him, and the doctor's face just you know, with Melton, and, you know, he looked at Matt and just said, what just happened?
0: <laughs>
1: so, so, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And we probably should
0: start doing it at that age. Oh,
1: kids really get it. <laughs> I mean, they really get it. So, yes, we should. We should bring it in all the way up.
0: Um, one of the things i noticed, you know, especially thinking about younger people mm-hmm. and how they're different than somebody my age in particular, uh, you have a lot of available on demand training versus things that are done in the room. That, you know I, I went in the corporate world. I went through you know typical trust exercises, yeah. you know with my uh, colleagues at management levels and things like that. Um, but why on demand, and how is that better or different than okay. in person training?
1: Well, um, it's it is different. And the reason that we developed the on-demand training is because uh, Ford has a unique way of delivering the material that is that is pretty phenomenal. If you've ever been, I don't know many people who can hold a room for three days mm. or five days, and he can He can But um, our organizational goal is to teach training with a hundred, who can teach training with a hundred, who can teach training quick a hundred. And if you know anything about constraint theory, one person can't do that, right? One person, and so the the tools that we teach are not rocket science. You, they're they're um, they're simple, they're effective, and they they transcend any type of organization, which is wonderful and horrible all at the same time, because you can't just say. This organization is what who needs me, right? It's it's a broad it's a broad audience. So the answer to answer your question about TL on demand, it was developed by a company that, um, that that did an excellent job. It's an interactive platform that gives the training over a nine hour period. So it's great for teams. It's great for individuals um, to just do it at their leisure. And do the training at their leisure, and, they, and then they can, you know, they can get the breadth of it. Um, transformational leadership is a uh, is a playbook, so to speak. So it can it it it's a playbook that develops culture and a common language that an individual, family, organization can use mm-hmm. as tools. Okay. And so that's kind of the thing. My heart is to see, and my passion. Is to see people not only learn the material, and I can't, I do teach it. I'm not for it, but I, you know, I teach mm-hmm. it, and We're we have a lot of or Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of people that that can teach it very effectively, and are are very effective um, in their own skin, right? Mm-hmm. And have their stories of how they've applied it. So um, I like to do a combination of of teach it myself and use the on demand training. Have that as a supplemental piece, or primary piece, depending on the organization, and then come in and say, okay, so what did you learn, and what does it mean to you, and how do we apply it to your Uh, life?
0: I'm I'm very uh, much in favor of that approach. Uh, In some places it's called the flipped classroom, Uh where people can take the lecture or the material that they have to just ingest only, and they can do that on their own time when it's available to them. And then when they get together with others, they talk about how it interacts with them, how it applies to them, okay. get feedback from others. And so it, it helps, I think, to uh, make the training more effective right. than the age-old way. of We sit in a classroom and we listen to somebody drone on about uh, what they're telling us, and then we go home and we do some homework assignments right. that uh, we don't have anybody looking over our shoulder to see if we done it right to your comment earlier about okay, here's how I want you to do this now, let me make sure that you do that and I, and I had that um, you know, just making pancakes, my wife broke her arm, and yeah. so we had to do things, and she had different ways that she wanted to do things, and you know, you know, she called me little grasshopper, you're doing well <laughs> and there were other times where I told you mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. interesting, and then interacting with people, we all do it everywhere. There's No matter where there's automation, yeah. there are still people creating the software, creating mm-hmm. things, doing stuff. And I noticed that somewhere in the Fort Taylor system there's a, a Wadel model, W-A-D-E-L, which looks to me as if, you know, it applies even if I walk into a networking event. Mm-hmm. And to the point of servant leadership and things that seems to deal a lot with just be curious and care more about the other person than yourself. Mm-hmm. So. What, what, what can you tell me quickly about the Waddle? Sure, sure.
1: It's the Waddle meeting method model. So it's Waddle. Okay. So it's kind of like a oh. duck Waddle. All right. okay. 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 So welcome. You know, you start with a pleasant greeting, right? And you start it off with uh, moving things towards the positive. So what's good in your world? You know, not how are you. You know, what's good in your world? What's 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 great happening? What are you okay. looking forward to? something positive. And then you ask a question. What do you want to make sure that we discuss today? So you don't go to a meeting not having a plan or agenda, but you open it up. And the reason you open it up is because you want to make sure that you cover what the other people want, or if you don't cover it at the meeting, then you at least recognize that they have something going on. the mm-hmm. additional reason that you ask that question is because sometimes people come to a meeting or they come home for dinner and and they just are not um, their their mind is someplace else, and it gives them a, a time to be able to say what's really on their mind and once they can, then they can clear that and move on to the agenda mm-hmm. that they have. The D is the discussion you know what's the meat of the what's the meat of the conversation that we're going to have? The power is to um, make sure that y'all know what you're doing when you leave. You know, whether it's a family dinner, you're, you know, I'm, I'm going to go do homework, you're going to do the dishes, you know, or whether it's a business meeting, you know, recapping what the assignments are. Um, and then launch, leave them with something positive. Joke, you know, smiling, go have a great day. Mm-hmm. You know, just something like that. Okay. All so, and, and it's a framework, you can use it for for this, for networking, for everything.
0: Yeah, I noticed that you you said, what are you here for? Uh, I've recently learned that, you know, I've been doing something very poorly. I would have likely asked, why are you here? And I'm learning that from a human standpoint, that why is very judgmental to people. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is a more open-ended kind of question mm-hmm. or what do you want to accomplish mm-hmm. uh, by being here? Things. so.
1: Yeah, what brings you here?
0: So no matter who we are, there's, it seems that like there's something we can learn about how to better deal with ourselves and our own emotions mm-hmm. and what we're thinking and how we can deal with others.
1: That's right.
0: So uh, obviously people are, are core business. Uh, and so uh, I'm sure we've only touched on a few of the things that Fort Taylor and Transformational uh, Leadership Northwest have to offer. So as we close... Um, can you let people know how they can contact you to learn more? Sure. And if they want to engage you, how do they get a hold of you?
1: Good. Yes, I'd love to. So my name is Julie Size, Sies, I'm on LinkedIn, and you can find me there. I also have a website called TransformLeadNW.com, and you can find out what's happening uh, locally in the Portland area there, as well as I have links to the national organization on my website. And so all the information is right
0: there. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Julie. I'll try a positive affirmation. You've given us a lot of great information. Uh, I've learned a few things more yet about not only your business, but about a few extra things that I can take away for how to better deal with people. So thank you. You're
1: welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. (laughs)